0: Amit Baraket is the CEO and co founder of Perimeter 81 and is a cybersecurity expert with extensive experience in system architecture and software development. He served in the Israeli Defense Force's Elite Cyber Intelligence Unit, Unit 81. Sagi Gadali is co founder and CGO of Perimeter 81, a serial entrepreneur who creates scales and optimizes new software as a service solution. Sagi served in the IDF's Elite Visual Intelligence Unit, Unit 9900. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Have you tried Navy Federal's car buying experience? I highly recommend it. You won't have a better Carbine experience. Check him out at NavyFederal.org slash Carbine. Hey, today we're talking with Amit Baraket with Perimeter 81. So Amit, uh, you actually served in the Israeli Defense Force. I don't think I've actually had anybody from the IDF have, has been on the show yet. So it's looking forward to hearing about that. Fairly unique. And you guys are doing some great things in the cybersecurity world. Before we get to talking about business and entrepreneurship, Take us back. I want to hear what you did in the Israeli Defense Force.
1: Uh, <clears throat> thank you very much, Joe. And it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you today and talk uh, uh, in this podcast. Um, the Israeli Defense Force Service is compulsory service, so everyone wants they, uh Uh, Finish and graduate the school, um, going and recruiting uh, uh, for a three year army service.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I uh, did start at uh, flight school in the Air Force, but then decided that I don't want to be a pilot and um, moved over to the intelligence forces, Uh where I served in a technology unit. Uh, which called Unit Eight One, which is why eight uh, One is taking four. <laughs> uh, I served there for about um, three years. Uh, did some. Uh, once I, I ended up the compulsory service, I continued my role there uh, for uh, just a little bit a year, and then uh, I discharged. Um, for me, the the service was a, and I think this is something that is unique in Israel, where you end up school and everyone goes do a hundred percent not hundred percent but hundred eighty degrees change mm-hmm. in, in the state of mind from a very liberal place where you go every you can decide where you go and and what you do and to directly to the very strict I uh, uh, mean you know, the very well uh, um, placed, but um, it really, I think it drives a lot of uh, maturity mm-hmm. and drove a lot of maturity very quickly. And it was very much significant to me in matter of the responsibility and ownership uh, that the service of gave to me, but be happy to, to continue yeah. to elaborate
0: elaborate. Uh, now in, in, in the U S you know, transition out of the military is a big deal. We know everybody at some point is going to transition, whether you're on a four year enlistment or you're in, you retire after 30 some years. What does, uh, does Israel, the IDF, do they have a very good transition program? What, what, what is that like uh, from your perspective? Cause transition is a big deal f- coming out of the U S military Oftentimes it doesn't go so well, but yeah. we put a lot of time and money and effort into trying to transition veterans successfully. So what's that like uh, in Israel?
1: So I think it's uh, it's quite different than the states. So imagine in in the U.S. everybody would go to the military and everyone would <laughs> discharged, right? It would be pretty much common. It's like um, everyone having you now like COVID arrived, right? Everyone adjusting and and are fitting themselves to the new reality and uh, and I think this is something that is unique right and that uh, environment ecosystem that uh, knows very well and you have a very uh, uh, known steps throughout the way when you are recruiting to the military when you discharge from the military um, what are the different uh, um, forces are there and what Different um, walls you can have um, really making it uh, easier, right? Yeah, um, so in the a-
0: in, 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 in in Israel, everybody's a veteran pretty much, right? <laughs> so exactly. Veterans aren't such a unique thing like they are
1: here in the US, yeah. The ones that don't go to the military for any other reason, they meet be struggling because. Uh, they miss that step that gives, I believe, a lot and is mm-hmm. part of a an infusion um, place where basically it infused different imagine when you 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 go to school, you have your ecosystem, mm-hmm. right? Whether you live, for example, in a specific city, let's take Tel Aviv. For example, everybody knows Tel Aviv. So even you know, say so you know who is living in Tel Aviv, who is in your who are your neighbors, or type of people that are living there. And suddenly when you go to the dharma, you are exposed to different uh, people from different cities and locations throughout the, the, the country. Um, and everyone are equal and everyone are coming with different backgrounds and it's really uh, creating a unification, right, throughout the, the society and the people and it's something that... Friendships and the people you know throughout the military really goes with you a long way throughout your uh, uh, adult and like later on uh, lifetime, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is uh, is very very well recognized throughout uh, in the country.
0: Yeah. So, what were some of your initial steps after leaving the military? Uh, did you go to school? Did you go into the business world? Were you immediately interested in entrepreneurship?
1: So it's interesting. So in the military service, I was very lucky. I was serving in a technology unit in uh, uh, the intelligence uh, forces, which is very, very unique and exposed me to uh, things that I uh, could haven't imagined and and gave a lot of responsibility for to a 2021 20, years-old uh, mm-hmm. uh, soldier, right? Mm-hmm. And I think somewhere in, in that regards, the fact that I, I was owning so much of ownership and responsibility, and, and it, it is a really empowering feeling that contributed me Throughout um, my role later on. So I I discharged from uh, the army and then I went to to study computer science at Tel Aviv University. Um, And I finished school and I worked for IBM. Uh, Everyone knows IBM, right? A large corporation which that uh, ownership and and mentality, right, that I had in the army was lacking, and some uh, somewhere uh, something pushed me to uh, to leave my uh, convenient corporate job <laughs> to do something that is more creative and has a bigger ownership and a bigger engagement, and I think that is something that really contributed to it. Yeah, I. Uh, I worked for IBM for a couple of years and then started a consumer VPN company, my first startup, which I sold together with my co-founder to J2 Global, a public company in the States and co-founded Prelim31, which is the company that we run today that we're very excited about and is growing extremely rapidly. That is a cybersecurity startup that... Uh, protects businesses and networks uh, in the new area where the open internet is the corporate
0: network. Well, well, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. The tech industry has figured out that veterans make great coders. Have you ever thought about getting into coding? Now's the time to get into coding. Start learning to code anywhere, anytime with Sabio, online and from the comfort of your own home. Sabio is a coding boot camp. And developer community that's been helping veterans become successful software engineers since 2013. There are so many job opportunities in tech right now. It's been a successful new career path for so many veterans. In just 17 weeks, Sabio teaches you the skills you need to start a real high-paying tech job. And helping you find a job is part of the program. How great is that? I can see why they've been voted the best coding bootcamp by Course Report five years in a row. Students graduate from bootcamp at Sabio with real-life experience and the confidence to succeed. Their alumni are working at some of the most innovative companies all over the world, like Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Activision. The boot camp is taught remotely, so you can start learning wherever you are. Plus, Sabio is extremely affordable. They offer a variety of scholarships to help with tuition, and you can enroll with your VA benefits. GI Bill up! Learning to code with Sabio can take your career to the next level. Visit sabio.la slash move to learn how you can use your VA benefits to enroll at Sabio. Sabio.la slash on the move. Don't wait. Make sure you go to Sabio.la slash on the move today to learn more. When you become a member of Navy Federal Credit Union, life gets better. We've bought a lot of cars over the years, and I can tell you, Navy Federal's car buying experience is the best experience I've had. They've created a fully loaded car buying experience, you can finance, buy, protect, and enjoy your auto purchase all from one convenient place. They have pre-approval It's good for 90 days, so you know what you can afford while you shop. They offer great auto loan rates. You can shop for new and used cars with Navy Federal's Car Buying Service, powered by TrueCar. You can also get exclusive member savings with Carfax, SiriusXM, and more. They're always available with 24/7 member service representatives to answer any questions. Learn more at org slash carbine. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Navy Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Okay, back talking with Amit Baraket from uh, Perimeter A1, CEO and co founder. So, Amit, um, talk to us about what the landscape looks like in the cybersecurity world these days. Like, what are the threats? What kind of things are you guys fighting and what are you protecting companies from and how do you go about doing that?
1: Yeah, so the cybersecurity space is relatively very early in the understanding of risks, in adoption, and also development of tools that will protect businesses and individuals, right? Right in this new world where the internet uh, and online and data uh, is available anywhere Um, many people say that the next uh, terror attack right would be associated with uh, cyber and uh, there's lots of uh, risk associated with it in our everyday life now we at print 31 are focusing on protecting businesses protecting companies. Um, and uh, there is a revolution in the way we work, not evolution. If at the past uh, businesses had corporate offices and corporate buildings that was an on-premise physical site that you have had needed to secure mm-hmm. both physically and secure the network. Now when employees are working from anywhere and resources are moving to the cloud from one end, but from the other end, the 5G and fiber is, is available anywhere and you have fast internet. So mm-hmm. regardless, And basically it drives a reality where the open internet is the new corporate network. So you don't have any longer a physical facility that you can secure
0: right.
1: in, in either by physical security or appliances, boxes and probably Joe will the term firewall, which is basically a box that you install in your office that protects your network within that office. And and, uh, when in this new reality where everybody are working from anywhere, resources are moving to the cloud employees are working from anywhere and you Joe, open your laptop at home, on the go with your mobile, et cetera, and uh, accessing and working on your day-to-day in, in the corporate or uh, company environment, it, 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 it increases the threats and also the complexity of companies to protect their data, um, as well as individuals. So what we are, this is the problem that we are trying or working to solve. Mm-hmm. It's basically how to help businesses to secure their corporate network where the internet is the corporate network. So instead of installing a physical appliance that protecting a site or an office, we took that physical appliances and basically built it in the cloud edge, many, many different pops around the globe. I can think about carriers, data centers that we that run our own equipment, mm-hmm. and instead of um, having a physical network that is based on infrastructure, we do it virtually over the internet, encrypting all the traffic for, of the company and providing you a single place that has a single management console, a single network. Uh, for any business, small, medium, or large, to run and manage the network completely as a software-based solution. So you don't need to deploy any hardware, you don't need to manage it, and wherever the employees are, when they open the computer, they're on that encrypted and closed network, although it's over the internet. And
0: is it actually possible to, is that actually as secure as a, as a physical location with a firewall?
1: Yes. It's uh, exactly like that. And even more because when you move from hardware to software, you have much more, many more capabilities. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's much more flexible updates, upgrades, the the ease of use of the solution, the ability to integrate multiple solutions into one place. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, you can increase the, your security impact. Um, you can think about an like, uh, analogy like emails. Previously, you had email servers in your office, right? Yeah. They were very limited in mental features and things like that. Once it moved to Office 365, then you have much more capabilities, updates, upgrades, improvements of the platform. And that's the, the beauty of software-based solutions, and this is basically what drives our significant growth. Today, we the company has more than 2,700 business customers that instead of securing their corporate networks, using physical infrastructure, appliances, and site-centric security are building their secure corporate networks over the internet. Because again, the internet today is fast. You don't need to buy dedicated lines or mm-hmm. don't need to go to your office to download the big file. It's available anywhere. The question is how to really create that segmentation. So that is... What we're focusing on—that's uh, our product—and and that is a platform. Right? And there is a there is a, a vendor named Gartner, which is a leading IT consultancy firm that really um, research different IT and security segments and are setting the tone um, for what will be next. And they have identified that space and called it the SASE, Secure Access Service Edge, which is a term that you might have heard of. But nonetheless, this is um, the biggest item in security today is uh, COVID. And we've really had a transformation in the way that companies are operating their networks, the employees are working from, Mm -hmm. and so forth.
0: Is, are, when these companies are on your system perimeter, A1, is it basically like, are they working like through a VPN? What we would know as a VPN or is it? Yeah. Newer, it is? Okay.
1: So instead and, of doing the VPN to an appliance using IPsec protocol, which is a, a security encryption protocol that was invented in the 1990s, uh-huh. We utilize more modern protocols like WireGuard. If you heard of and tunneling all the traffic not to an appliance that you have on prem, but to one of our regions and the pops that are closest to you. So, for example, um, you're now in Florida, so you'll go through a pop in Miami or you know, Orlando. I'm going to be. I'm based out of Princeton, New Jersey, so I'll browse to our pop here in New Jersey, but um, that is a key differentiator because eventually you cannot compete with physics and latency and you'd like to still, this advantage of offering the services close. So instead of being inside the office and consume it locally, we are bringing it over the internet to our users, no matter where they are in the world. And this
0: works across all devices, whether it's cell phones, tablets, laptops, PCs, Uh. it's it's all integrated. Um, and yeah. You say you have, you have 2,700 uh, business customers uh, at this time? Yes. Wow. And how
1: business is growing very, very fast.
0: Yeah. Huh. So what are some of the threats you guys are dealing with? Um, you know, we all know that they're out there, but uh, when you have a protected network, you, I know that you tend to see things pinging it all the time. I'm just kind of curious what your perspective is on that.
1: Yeah, so it's it's a good question. Eventually, uh, what uh, companies would like to protect the most is the data. Um, mm-hmm. There are many point solutions and there are many cybersecurity solutions that allow you to protect your APIs and your uh, endpoints and whatever, right? But eventually, the thing that you like to protect is your data. Um, And what we see that there are different approaches, right? You can be proactive and you can be reactive and um, there are different types of solutions to doing monitoring and prevention and same. The approach that um, we are focusing on and one of the biggest advantages of preliminary one, and we see that working across the board is reducing the attack surface. So eliminating, someone, uh, some people call it zero trust, okay? Mm. Um, to reduce the attack surface, eliminating all your resources, your employees, your network from the open internet. So you have a black cloud. It's not visible to anyone if there is an attacker that would like to reach your resources, even if there is a vulnerability inside your server, right, or inside your application. And uh, uh, For example, uh, last year there was the log4j uh, uh, incident, right, where uh, um, someone found that uh, a critical component that is installed in many, many, many different applications and servers around the globe is vulnerable. And by utilizing that vulnerability, they can hack to the server and then extract the data. And this is where, and that's what the company would like to protect, right? Yeah. But you don't necessarily can control all the different components you have installed or not, whether through third parties or... Mm-hmm vendors of yours or solutions you have in place, not necessarily you touch everything up to date. So it's really important at the beginning to reduce the attack surface, right? And even if you have a server or an item that is vulnerable, it wouldn't be exposed to the attacker. So that is the first line of defense, right, that we are really focusing on. Um, and making sure that we identify the, the, the employee and, uh, and you move away from site centric security to user centric security, uh, identify and authorize the actions and specific resources the employee or any resources are trying to access. And we see a great success with it, right? Um, because that is basically it's not enough, right? And uh other lines of defense that you will need to, to establish, but it is definitely the, the one or the most important one.
0: And what is your cost structure like that? Is it, is it a user-based type fee or um, how do you do that?
1: Yeah, so we, our, our prices are based on user-based fee, um, which is a few dollars a month. Um, it's very accessible to many companies from any size. For one end, but it also what we showed is that it's increasing our because of the simplicity and the fact that we unify multiple services. You don't need any longer to maintain expensive appliances and electricity and
2: mm-hmm.
1: in to manage and to employ it. And you can basically move to something that is more easy and user friendly and lightweight. Yeah.
0: So it's most it's just a user based fee. I mean that's pretty reasonable um, and, and pretty simple, really. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like every
1: modern SaaS uh-huh. software as a service yeah. solution.
0: So if somebody's interested in perimeter eight one, how would they contact you?
1: Multiple ways. First of all, feel free to email my, uh, me directly at amittedprunt one.com. But anyway, uh, feel free to go to the website. There is a live chat with one of our cyber experts as well as uh, requesting the demo. And we'll be in contact very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, th- that's very easy and straightforward. We have POCs and and walk you through and guidance on what is the best way to to secure a network. Yeah.
0: So, as we get closer to our time here, in regards to veteran, military entrepreneurship, um, what kind of things come to mind? You touched on a little bit at the beginning where your your military experience was very significant to you and maturity, responsibility, ownership-wise, which obviously helped you get into entrepreneurship and run your own company. So, Talk a little bit about that. Like, what comes to mind when I ask you, what do you think some of the most significant things are that you learned in the military that have helped you in entrepreneurship?
1: I think the military, first of all, is ownership and maturity. Um, not to be spoiled, right? Um, I think that it, it le- like, I've learned in the military to be good enough in many different topics. Into mm-hmm. although I I I, I, uh, I did so many different things, and it really opened my eyes. And I was responsible to make things done. Right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. No complaints. You, right. you need to, to to do your mission. Right? Yeah. To find a way to do it.
2: Yep.
1: And that is something that I think very reiterates with me as a founder that I very much. Start a company and did everything from support to cleaning to development and and sales and to do everything, right? Almost uh, by yourself, as the company builds, you bring your team that knows how to do things better than you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the first step to, to, to figure out the strategy to actually execute it and to be mission-driven. To make it happen is critical and the the versatility that I've learned in the military service that I can raise my confidence, right? That I can do things that
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm not expert at, but can get them going, right? Um, Really and I think that is a a very key ingredient that is important. Um, So if you're talking to...
0: if you're talking to somebody that's on their way out of the military, um, looking to get into business, looking to get into entrepreneurship, you know, looking back on what your experience was like, what kind of advice would you have somebody that's uh, at, the, at the beginning of the runway looking to get into entrepreneurship?
1: Not to give up. <laughs> Not to give up. Uh, yeah. You can get uh, 500 no's in one yes. <laughs> And uh, that will get things going. So, uh, absolutely.
2: All right. Don't, don't give up and engage.
0: Yeah. Simple advice, but very appropriate and uh, absolutely on point. So, well, I meet. Um, unfortunately, we're at the end of our time. I um, appreciate you talking about uh, your experience in the IDF and uh, what your story with uh, perimeter eight one. I'm looking forward to seeing your future success out there. You 2,700 companies uh, on board already. So you guys are doing great things and, uh, you know, look forward to seeing what you can do in the future.
1: I appreciate it, Joe. It was a pleasure uh, talking with you this Friday. All right, you bet. And uh, we are Oscar
0: Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.